For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome into the latest episode of Five on the Floor here on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel every single night at 7 p.m. That's every single weeknight. Also, check out our YouTube channel. That's where you can find the entire Pat Riley Zoom conference call from last Thursday. It's all there, as is just about everything else that goes on with the Heat, the Dolphins, and the other teams in town. So make sure that you check that out. And fivereasonsports.com, fivereasonsports.com. That's where you can find the latest from Brady Hawk and the other writers on our site. Also, check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. I actually just went on and ordered some more today. I needed some more of those gummies. At this point, I can't really sleep without them. You got to go to therapistpreferred.com, therapistpreferred.com. That's where you can find the CBD sports cream for recovery and the gummies, green apple, strawberry, lemonade, and everything else that they sell there. Use the promo code Five Reasons for 25% off your order plus free shipping on all orders. Therapistpreferred.com. Again, use the code Five Reasons for 25% percent off your order. This is not the usual CBD. This company was founded in 2019 by a physical therapist to maximize performance and recovery for active people. 100% THC free and third-party lab verified. And look, again, the no THC, so you're not going to have any failed drug tests or anything like that. Uh, this is just something that can help you recover, help you sleep, and make you feel better. So go to therapistpreferred.com, therapistpreferred.com, the promo code Five reasons for 25% off your order. And now, tonight's episode. One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander, part of the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. We are starting a series of episodes breaking down specific things that Pat Riley said at the conference call about specific players. So we started this last week, Thursday. We broke down the entire conference call with the big themes as a whole. But basically what we decided to do now is go player by player. So we're going to start right now with Bam Adebayo. And this is a little bit self-serving because we're kind of starting with the two questions that I got a chance to ask Pat back to back during the conference call. I wanted to get into a couple of different issues with Bam. The first one we're going to discuss has to do with kind of what happened in the playoff series uh, in general. Uh, and then the second one has to do more with whether or not guys can become takeover players. Uh, Pat gave two very long sort of meaty answers. So we're going to start here with number one. Uh, Pat, obviously Bam uh, made tremendous progress here over the past three years and all-star team and everything else. What was sort of your view of, of his playoff series and, and kind of his approach to it? Is there, is there something you want him – because there was a lot of talk about aggressiveness with him. I'm just wondering from your perspective on the offensive end what that, what that means and, and what he, you may want him to improve on. Well, if he improves this year as much as he has over the last four years, then 
you're going to get a better player next year. Now, where are those elements uh, that he has to improve in? Uh, I think when it comes down to really taking a look at his season, evaluating a lot of film, uh, I think Spo has to evaluate a little bit, uh, you know, how he uses, uh, you know, Bam. Uh, and Bam is one of our primary, you know, ball handlers and gets us into offense and, and sometimes there is a, you know, there is a disconnect between running offense and really being effective as an offensive player. So mm-hmm. uh, I think all of these things will be worked out, but, but I do know that we've got, you know, one of the highest character, you know, toughest guys in the league that, that really has a lot of talent, still has a lot of upside. And I wouldn't let what happened, uh, you know, against Milwaukee you know, deter me in any way, shape or form you know, as far as uh, what I think BAM can bring to it. So, uh, you know, all the questions that are basically coming at me are, are, are about style or, or how, what, what does BAM have to do to improve uh, or Jimmy or Duncan or Tyler or anybody uh, is that I think all these things over the next four or five months, uh, guys will be working on them and the coaches will be working on them. And, and I think BAM probably as much as anybody will be working on it. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo. Um, Greg, let, let's just start here with you. Uh, what were your sort of thoughts t- t- about his response? I was really surprised how quickly he uh, put the ball in Spoh's court. And essentially, like he talked about, you know, when we talk about what he's going to improve on, you know, we're going to look at a lot of film. He kind of tap danced around around what he would specifically want to see Bam improve on. And he went straight to, I think we need to evaluate how Spo. Um, is using him. And to me, uh, when he talked about the, the offensive uh, dynamic between being an initiator and being like a real, truly um, effective offensive player, and that there could be a disconnect sometimes when Bo's, when, when Spo is using Bam as the primary uh, initiator, to me, it screams point guard. So like, to me, this is kind of uh, shaping up to uh, show me more and more that, uh, if they can't find that number one score, maybe they're going to go get guys who can initiate offense so that Bam and Jimmy can focus on that element of their game a little bit more. Yeah, Alex, I mean, we, we've talked about it. You've talked about it. You've put some of the onus here on Spolstra. I, I thought there was a lot during Riley's conference call that it wasn't criticism of Spo necessarily, but it, w- it was sort of suggesting a little bit of a difference of opinion I thought about kind of the using two bigs that, that Pat insinuated some stuff there, but particularly this, um, and it does play into the second topic we're going to get into today about the idea of Bam being a takeover player and whether or not he can be a takeover player if he's basically asked to set up Duncan Robinson so much. So I guess your thoughts on Pat's answer and also, I mean, whether or not Spo needs to make this adjustment. Well, you know me, I've, I've been all about this idea for a while now. I just think uh, like, what Leif said, him saying that Spo needs to evaluate how uh, Bam is used in the offense. I don't really take that as any sort of tough criticism on Spo. I just think like a team that got swept in the first round, even given the circumstances and the context that we know about, that we've been talking about for weeks and months, like you need to, <laughs> adjustments needs to be need to be made, especially when you're talking about a roster that's devoid of multiple shot creators and scorers, right? And I think even if you do make some of those additions that you want when it comes to guys who can help sort those things out on offense, Bam still needs to be used, I think, in a 
in a somewhat better way, especially if this is your second max player. And I'm not even just making it about his max deal that doesn't kick in until next season. It's just like you believe in this guy as a max guy. And I think what Spo always kind of goes back to is uh, all the responsibility that he gives Bam. He constantly says that. And I completely understand what he means. And I, I'm not even trying to talk down on that because I do I do see what he's saying when it comes to everything that Bam is responsible for on defense, everything he's responsible for with trying to get all these guys who can't really get themselves going on offense going by with his handoffs and with the screening and rolling and all of that stuff. He does have a huge responsibility. But if you're talking about somebody who, you know, a roster that's flawed, the one thing to point at is, you know, optimizing your best player and seeing that he could be a matchup nightmare for most bigs and just kind of towing that balance. So I don't necessarily even think it's like it's a criticism, but because <clears throat> excuse me, because his organization, like he knows that he has the he has the job stability. It's not even I, I didn't even really take it as anything. Just him, like you said, stating his opinion. It really just feels like this. This is uh, the the next natural progression for your second star guy. It's it's a good comment you make there because I I think that's what makes this situation different from a lot of other situations. If if we didn't know that Eric Spolstra had job stability, then some of the stuff that Riley said uh, at that particular presser like would ring alarm bells, right? Like you think, oh my god, is he on the hot seat? But we know he's not on the hot seat. I mean. Yeah. Look, Rick Carlisle is not on the hot seat either. He's got to get swept in the first round, a team with a yeah. high expectations. And you it's still not criticism, it's constructive criticism in this circumstance. It, exactly. it is, but but it's interesting to me that he goes somewhat public with it. Now, some of it is just Pat being loose, and Pat was loose in that press conference, but not as loose as he was with the Levitard guys. Uh, but he was loose enough, right? And and there are certain things. I mean, I think Pat enjoys these now. Like he used to sort of hate the daily speaking to the media, but these like once or twice a year, things that he does are kind of his show. Um, I wish he would stop scheduling them when I have skating lessons for my daughter at Pines ice arena, because I've done his last two from the same exact table outside. So maybe we could coordinate that a little bit better next time. But, but yeah, he, he likes doing these now, I think, because he, he can be a little bit of a showman and he sets the agenda and, and look, obviously Spo follows it. He watches it. He knows what's going on there. Right. So like, uh, you know, he, he, he kind of knows like, uh, you know, what Pat is trying to get in him. And look, there's been many stories about this stuff about how they didn't talk for a month at one point when Eric was the coach during the big three era. I mean, they've gone through some battles, but ultimately like Eric's not going anywhere unless he wants to go somewhere, unless he wants to go upstairs or maybe there was a franchise in, in Seattle perhaps. Um, so I, I think that that's, that does change the context of this a little bit. But when Pat does say that stuff publicly, it does make you believe it's something he's been saying privately to Eric for a while and trying to get it across. And this is a difference in philosophy. Like Eric believes in a lot of motion in his offense. Uh, he believes in the three-point shot sort of before all else at this stage, I think. And that is setting up Duncan Robinson, whereas I think Pat would have put Bam's you know, butt in the post, okay? Or, or somewhere closer to the basket on a more consistent basis. So, I, Greg, I think that's, uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think there's dissension here, but there definitely is, and I think, healthy disagreement. Yeah, no, there's a difference in philosophy. I mean, you can hear it in Pat's voice. Like, in the press conference, he's like, guys take threes today that would have been considered bad shots that would have got them benched. And today they're considered good shots. Like, cause truthfully by the analytics uh, you know, they are, they are higher percentage shots when you really shoot them at that kind of volume. And, and that's just flipped the game on its ear. 
So I think Riley's going to always have an unrealistic, maybe not unrealistic, but a um, just he's attached to to the type of game that he played. And it had to do with a lot of uh, pick and rolls and a lot of post ups and a lot of, uh, you know, um, the defensive philosophy stuff is not, I, I think, where Pat has the issues. It's more on the offensive side and just jacking up the threes. That was never a Pat staple other than you know when it was to get his bigs open and that's just different than how they play today there is no dissension there and ultimately Spolster is going to do what he wants once the games get going and he's proven that year in and year out yeah I mean Alex I guess the next thing is the onus then on Bam right like if he's going to be used differently he has to take to that right like I mean he has to want that and and that we're going to get into this in the second part of, 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 of Pat's answer in the second question to Pat but, but I guess we'll learn, right? Because, I mean, part of this is, too, we've had this debate about a couple of things. You know, Bam taking the extension early, which put the Heat in a different position, although I recommend everybody read Greg's thread on this, and we'll talk more about that thread going forward, about some of the flexibility they may have with the Dragic and Iguodala contracts, and they can make up for some of that, some of the way that Andy and the organization structured it. But also, you know, just this idea of whether Bam can be a top-two player uh, on a, you know, championship level team. And, and I, I know he was close. I mean, if he was healthy two years ago, they might've won a championship fluke, no fluke, you know, weird circumstance or whatever, but I'm watching, you know, Paul George is a number two during this series and I'm watching, you know, and I know he's gotten a lot of heat, but I mean, he played pretty damn well in the first round against Dallas. Uh, you know, Luca didn't have a number two and we saw kind of what happened there in the first round. I mean, Porzingis, not that, so you do need a true number two, particularly if you don't have like a high end scoring number one, which the Heat really don't have. They have a guy who does it kind of by default, I think. He'd rather do other things. So I guess the onus to a large degree, you put it on Spo quite a bit, but it is on BAM. Absolutely. But that's what I, I've been saying always is it's 50 50 because. I think I've always just pushed back on that so much because I feel like that's been the main sweeping narrative when it comes to Heat fans is that it's on Bam. And I feel like it, it absolutely is, but it's just as much on Spo. And I've talked about it in the past. I just think like the, the dude has never had that role in his entire life. And it's on the, the roles that he's had, whether in high school, college, like they, they're not exact. They, they haven't always been exactly the same. Obviously he had different, uh, different roles, a backup center here, but whether he's been, a backup or a starter, he hasn't been asked to take on the scoring load ever. What really changed was, uh, like what I talked about earlier, his responsibility, as Spo likes to put it, uh, once he did become that starter. Like he, he was responsible for a lot more, but not necessarily for scoring. I think he's always been tasked with screening, rolling, and, and over the past couple of seasons, as we know, um, facilitating from the high post. And there was times at the end of the season where you saw a couple more post attempts and where Bam was a little bit closer to the basket. They went away from it in the uh, in, in the Buck series. We know why, right? Like they had the two seven footers in the paint, just patrolling everything. They weren't ready for it, et cetera. But it's I 100 percent believe it's a 50 50 thing. And I could be seen. I could be swayed into thinking. So excuse me, that Spo is a little bit just a little bit more responsible just because I do think, like I said, he's never been in that position before. And if you're just telling your guy just to set up here at the top of the high post and wait for the screen and set up your shooters every time. Like he's, he's going to keep following, uh, falling into that. Like, I think we're, we're forces of, of habit and routine. And if Bam doesn't necessarily, you know, like if, if the two of them aren't on the same page with moving forward in the trajectory, then it's just going to keep being more of the same. And I, and I feel this way 
even if they don't like, let's say they were to run back the exact same roster, not saying that, Mm -hmm. you know, that would happen, but whether they do or don't make those additions that fans want them to make, I think this is a necessary progression for Bam. Yeah, no, and I think so. And because again, if he's going to be the guy going forward, ultimately, you know, beyond this Jimmy contract, or he's going to be one of the guys, then, then he's got to pick it up. But I, I, again, I come back to this. I thought the most interesting part of that first quote was putting this somewhat on Spolstra, you know, a challenge of sorts to kind of make the adjustment. And as you've talked about all year, make things easier for Bam, kind of force Bam to be aggressive uh, to a certain degree. And that's going to play in. It is also the fault of the roster too. I feel like I didn't talk about that enough there. Just there's not enough guys who can, who can set him up on this roster at all. Well, that gets back to Greg's point that, it speaks to a point guard perhaps. And so I think we'll get into that a little bit more. Let's get to the second question in a second. Before we do want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. That's our friends at manscape.com. You can use that code five RSN. That's the code five RSN to get 20% off and free shipping manscape.com five RSN. Plenty of our listeners have used this. They've checked out the perfect package 3.0, the new cologne with a signature scent, of course, and the beautifully designed glass bottle that makes a statement of course, the manly scent is attracted to set the mood. So make sure you check it out. The perfect package 3.0, the refined cologne. And I always have to say this manscaped.com five RSN, your balls in your body. will thank you. All right, let's get to the next comment here. This was my second question. Sometimes I decide to try to slip in a follow-up uh, before I get cut off. So this was my second question to Pat uh, related to whether or not you can become a takeover player, or if that's something that you're kind of born with. Pat, just one quick follow on that. In your experience, because I know he's going to be working on it, but in your experience, can a player develop a takeover type mentality? In other words, if, if maybe they weren't, say, counted on to do that at other levels, can, can they develop that kind of, because Dwayne came in and he had it immediately. I'm just wondering, with your experience in, in the league, is that something that can develop over time? That, uh, get out of the way and I'm going to take over here. That's a very interesting question. And uh, because you do have a lot of players uh, in this league, you know, at the top of the elite list of takeover players that it's, it's part of their DNA, uh, but it's also been, been a learned habit uh, from the time they were probably just starting to be great players in high school. They were the guys that, that, that were taking over games at, at the end of games and right through college, if they went to college and, and right in the NBA, uh, the impact of that might not have led to a lot of winning because you have a lot of volume scores in this league where their teams have never won. And, you know, one of the greatest performances that I've ever seen ever in a game clutch was, you know, uh, Lillard the other night against Denver and, and God bless him. I mean, he has not won a championship yet, but it isn't because he's not a guy that, that doesn't have it at the end of a game. So it takes repetition in missing shots as much as it takes anything else to get the confidence to be able to take those shots, to make sure you get a great shot, to make sure you can make a number of them and that it doesn't turn out to be a turnover. You see most of these great players who have that internal clock in their head when they have to take over a game, they master the shot clock, they master time, score, situation, uh, they master who's out on the court you know, with them, and then 
at the end of the game, if it was up to them, just like Jimmy did in Milwaukee, uh, when he was lined up against Giannis, that, that layup was going to be his. And he tied the game, and we lost an overtime on Middleton's shot. But uh, it's as much a learned thing as it is something that just happens through repetition and confidence from the coach. And so uh, that is something that Bam will continue to work on as he gets more and more opportunities going down the stretch to either make or miss, you know, and win. And, and so, uh, you know, when you take a look at what happened last night, you know, you got Kwai, you know, at the end of a game, it's not blaming him, but it's a make or miss. He's been in that situation so many times and he's made more shots than he's, than he's ever missed probably in that situation in the biggest of moments, but he's got another game to come back to prove that he can make that shot. So, so Bam, Bam will learn this. And he'll learn a lot from this, uh, Ethan, this failure, uh, I think, over the summer. All right, Ethan Skolnick back with Greg Sylvander and Alex Toledo. Um, there's sometimes when I've gotten, you know, I've covered Pat in some capacity since 1996. Uh, there are certain questions that you ask him that you get a sense he's been wanting to answer. Um, I didn't really know that this was one of those questions. Uh, I, I know a couple of years ago, I asked him at the press conference, I think before they got Jimmy, uh, about the whole Lakers thing that was going out there. And I felt like Pat wanted to respond to that. Um, Pat Riley know. said you had an interesting question. So like, you just need to remember like on your saddest days that Pat Riley of all people thinks you have an interesting question. I, I, That's I, pretty I, damn cool. <laughs> I think he patronizes me a little bit, but I, I don't think he was patronizing me with this one. Um, I, I, I think he wanted to answer this actually. I, you know, I think, because I, I think that is going to be, uh, job one with Bam Adebayo this offseason. I don't think it's as much about the stuff we talked about in the first part of the episode about, you know, necessarily the schematic adjustments. I think this is a psychological adjustment they want to make with him. Now, you can make it easier for him, but I think ultimately this is about uh, forcing him, forcing him uh, to take the reins a little bit. Um, and and he, in this this statement, he talks about Jimmy at the end, you know, setting himself up and making a play at the end. Uh, you know, I, I think the happiest they were the whole season was when Bam made that shot against Brooklyn because it was like, okay, it was on him. There was nobody else there. And I guess, I, I, you know, did you get the sense, Greg, from his answer, like either way that he thinks you can become a takeover player? It feels to me like he, he does think a lot of that is innate, right? Yeah. I mean, so there's a couple layers here that I think are interesting distinctions. I, I, I thought he was going to bring up Jimmy way sooner in the conversation, honestly. Uh, so let me attack it from a couple ways. One, there is the, as you put it to, to Pat directly, that thing with Dwayne where he came and he just was like, I'm about to take this game over and get out the way. And we just knew he had that in his DNA in a way that we had not seen before. And there's other guys that come across and they just have that. Um, we might've thought Tyler hero had that, you know, uh, nine months ago uh, or, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of that. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily say that BAM has that thing. I don't know what that thing is and quantify it. However you want to say, but the, and, and when he called in an interesting question, that means that I've now thought about it for a couple of days because if Pat thinks it's interesting. Then I think it's interesting. And a lot of guys, I, I think they have to actually build into this stuff. Like 
Jimmy came into the league and he wasn't necessarily the go-to guy. Kawhi came into the league and he wasn't the go-to guy and he had to mold that and figure out how that goes. But where I do think it's worth a conversation and it's something that I think um, I don't even know that we could unpack far enough here is that those guys probably got the chance to do it at an even younger level. And I don't know that Bam ever was put in that spot in his entire career since he started he's kind of been a a tertiary or like side you know side dude you know what i mean but like so that's the interesting part about this is taking that leap when he's never carried a team whereas you know some of these other guys yeah they may not have done it in the nba but they did it at a lower level yeah, that's the thing. I mean, whether it was Malik Monk and De'Aaron Fox or whether it was, you know, even on his AAU teams, uh, he's never been asked to do this. Dwayne was, I mean, Dwayne literally did it to Pat's team <laughs> in the tournament, uh, you know, against Kentucky. I mean, he took over that game essentially from the very beginning. Uh, what Did you get the sense he thinks you can become that? Because I, I'm, I was thinking back to his history, like, okay, so Magic, I mean, just was always the best player on the floor, right? Kareem had done it his entire career. Ewing was doing it, uh, you know, in New York, uh, Georgetown before. I mean, there were criticisms of the way that Patrick did it, but he was doing that stuff before R Riley arrived, right? So, I, I mean, Zoe, it's funny. Timmy had more of it in him than Zoe did. Um, yeah. But Zoe wanted the ball. He may not have had it in him, but he wanted <laughs> Right, it. exactly. But I just think that that's... Um, yeah, so, I, I guess the question is, do you think Pat thinks he could become that? Uh, and, and if he can't become that, is is he going to be a long-term answer here? I just said that's an interesting question. I didn't even mean to do that, but <laughs> oh, I think I'm just going to start using that now every time as a good filler as I get my thoughts going. No, but really, I, I'm not 100% I'm not sure how Pat feels when it comes to that, right? When, as far as becoming that quote-unquote takeover guy. Uh, for me, I'm not really worried about Bam becoming that guy more as much as I am as Bam getting those opportunities and that right and that mentality just to make himself the best player he can be because I don't think they need him to be uh, the best scorer on the team. I think they're they're openly recruiting guys and at some point they're gonna land guys to help out with that aspect. I just think they need him to be better at it. And I think he's already so good at these other things that once he starts getting more progression and reps with those with these specific things we're talking about and getting him in his spots and just uh, more summers working on his skill because we, he didn't get that after the bubble and, you know, coming off an injury. I just think we're, we're just going to keep coming back to this every time. And I don't really necessarily think Bam needs to be that takeover guy. I do think the examples Leif brought up when it comes to Jimmy and Kawhi, those are really good ones and, and thought provoking because I, I was thinking about it in the same way. Like, yeah, you're right. Those guys weren't really that in college or in the beginning of their careers. They were hustle guys. They were, almost like uh, those energy players, two-way energy players off the bench who had some ball handling skills and then just kind of all put it together. So I do believe he can go down a similar type of road like that. The difference is I just don't think he's going to be empowered in that way. Like he's looked to do all of these different things. And I don't think he's ever going to get years, years, years and years of reps as being, you know, a one or two score the way that uh, Jimmy and Kawhi did. I just think he can go down a similar path and become a much better scorer, not necessarily having that takeover mentality. So I'm not even I'm not even really worried about it. And I almost think to a certain degree, Pat isn't either just because we saw what we talked about before. He needs more reps in order to balance that balance out that game. And I think once he reaches that balance, that's when Bam is going to start really being optimized as a player, I feel like. 
let's take this the next step after the, after this, I, I, cause I want to put these two comments answers together as we summarize. Um, I can think where things may be going uh, for the heat, but before we do, I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the five reasons sports network. And that's you break wheel fix. You can find you break wheel fix in North Miami. It's a wheel repair and refinishing company with 15 years of experience. You can fix your bent or cracked wheels there. that are damaged on the streets of South Florida. They got fast turnaround times on most repairs. They even offer loaner wheels where they fix or refinish your wheels. So you can keep your car on the road without interruption. If your wheels are faded or peeling, you break wheel fix offers complete refinishing Back to factory standards. If you're bored with the look of your wheels, you break wheel fix offers over 5,000 different finishes to customize a look. You, you're going to miss the vice colors. The heat have gotten rid of them. You can put them on your car. So go to you break wheel fix.com or 305-748-0112. 305-748-0112. You break wheel fix.com. You mentioned five reasons sports. You'll get 15% off anything that you do there. So make sure you mention five reasons. And again, ask for Mark. That's a good friend here of the program. They've been a great sponsor of us. So you break wheelfix.com. All right, let's sum this thing up. We're going to do this with all of Riley's comments as we go forward here over the next week or so. Um, listening to Pat, and again, let's do this in a minute. Listening to Pat talk about what Bam can do, whether or not he could be a takeover player, et cetera. Where do you think that leads the heat this offseason? In other words, does it sound to you like, okay, they need to get a point guard to help him do this, whether it's a Kyle Lowry or somebody like that? Does it sound like they need to take the burden off him from a rebounding perspective more? Based off the things that, that you heard Pat say, I'll start with you, Alex. What direction do you think that leads the heat? Because Bam's not going anywhere. Yeah, I'm no sorry. doubt. I, I actually, those are the two things that came literally right to mind as soon as you you gave me that prompt is having a guard who can help him get him in those right spots and to take pressure off of Jimmy to do it just because Jimmy is so great in that role. Being a playmaker doesn't mean he can't be a great off ball threat. And just like we've seen with other teams too much of relying on one guy doesn't, isn't exactly, you know, a consistent winning formula, even though they were able to get to the finals with, you know, with Jimmy doing what he does, he wasn't necessarily carrying them on offense. It was a, it was a very team oriented game. And I think they need to get back to that. And I think in order to, optimize your second best guy getting a point guard for sure is going to help and uh, the other thing you said getting another big who can take pressure off bam and if you want to have if you want to have bam switch out to the perimeter like having a guy there who can who can take him take up some space excuse me and can play together with him now i don't know if that guy is going to be available available via free agency i think that might be a trade thing for them but really it's just like those are the two things that they're going to need to go after and it feels like Pat is in that camp of like, yeah, get an extra big, get a point guard, just make it easier on the guy. Listen, he said we can't continue to, to defer flexibility. Shot at Ainge. I loved it. And he talked about fixing specific weaknesses. And the next thing he talked about was rebounding. Mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell he's going to do that because to me that sounds like two bigs, but I think that there's ways that they can attack this rebounding thing without playing two bigs. I really feel that there is a, a, a medium that they can find there. So for me, uh, but Greg, isn't that, that's not just personnel then that may be less switching. That might be keeping Bam closer yep. to the basket, right? Or so his complimentary guy plays a role that gets him closer to the basket. And he's a different type of player to your point. I also, think you're right. Spo teams love to get back in transition. So if they really want to focus more mm -hmm. on rebounding, they can choose schematically to do that and just kind of 
give up a little bit in transition. Like, yeah, you know, right. to lean towards that. So for me, it, it, you know who I heard when he was huh. talking about that, but I don't think they're get. I don't think they're getting him because I, I think that I, if Atlanta wins this series, I, I think the Hawks are just going to roll it back. I, I think, I think there was some John Collins in there, honestly. Oh, I, yeah. I think some, some playing a versatile big next to him, uh, who can switch some stuff who I think they probably think they can groom into being a better defender is a plus rebounder. We've also space on offense. Like I, I feel like if you could say like the big, they would want to pair with bam. We've talked about this before. I, I think that's the guy. Jaron Jackson jr. Please. I, that's the I, other I don't one. think that it's possible, that's, but it, it just, but to, no to close, against. like let, let's acknowledge that what really we walk away from is that they need two things here. And it's not the only two things they need somebody to take the burden off the playmaking and initiating offense. And they need a help. They need help rebounding. So it's crazy that those two things on the opposite ends of the spectrum of the court are both attached to bam out of bio. Yep. They are. And look, the reality is he says we didn't make a mistake on bam. So they got to maximize Bam because Bam is now a max player and that he's going to be this upcoming year. So whether it's Spolstra, whether it's complimentary pieces, whether it's in Bam's head uh, and rewiring him, they need to, he's, he's made progress. No question about it. We shouldn't dispute that, but there's another step he has to take now. Now the burden is on him a little bit. All right. Good stuff uh, today. We'll, we'll get into Jimmy tomorrow. Uh, you break wheel uh, also, I want to say one thing. Congratulations to Tyler Hero and all you freaks out there on Twitter. Stop. Okay. Just, I'm sorry. It's just, it's been an ugly 24 hours for some Heat fans. Are we Grow in agreement up. on that? Grow up, folks. Right. Grow up. Thank you. You break wheel fix.com, preferred.com. Use the code five reasons. Uh, mention. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw a comment from Alex. I'm going to leave that alone. Uh, and, uh, and of course, I, who do we start this episode with? Oh, there, oh, manscaped.com. Use the code 5RSN. Lots of codes. They're all at the top of my Twitter feed. Have a good night. Congrats, Tyler. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.